Who would you guys want to play as yourself in a TV series about your life? I mean, I already know for me. Who you no, going with? No, no one matches the level of handsome on your boy except Idris Elba. You feel me? Oh, <laughs> Lito, I think I think we could bring Charlie Murphy back. And he completely man, don't disrespect me like that. Rest in peace, Charlie. Rest in peace, Charlie Murphy. Well, Christian don't look like Idris, so hey, listen, Idris look like me. You feel me? That's that's how we break this down. <laughs> What's up, what's up, and welcome back to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and as usual, regular schmegula, I am here with my guys, Christian Winfield and Lethal Shooter. Fellas, what is going on? Christian, you are a world traveler. You are all over the country. <laughs> Hold on. I heard, I heard you a world traveler. Ain't your birthday coming up? What's, what's going oh, on? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's going on? My birthday is tomorrow, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, Happy early birthday, Thank Happy you. Birthday. Thank you, thank well, you. More health, more health. 40 years old, huh? Vibes. 40 years old in the books. <laughs> oh, nah, lethal for real. Oh, That's how you gonna claim me? You know I don't look a day I'm, over mm. 21. Don't come for me. <laughs> I'm sitting this one I'm out. actually not part of the 30 club yet. I got a whole okay. year before I get there. So, you know. I'm, what, you, what you got planned for your birthday? Talk to us. I will be in Antigua. So I'm oh, very- she getting money. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not even. I, we could tell who's getting the money from the uninterrupted Chris. Nah. She, she taking trips. <laughs> listen, I need to. I'm trying to get like you. Listen, Ash, listen. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. But <laughs> <laughs> but thank you everyone so much for supporting the show. As usual, be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Do not be afraid to get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets, because like I tell you, we're too cool for that. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you interact with us because you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right, fellas, let's get into some three on five, but we're going to do it this or that style. All right, y'all, check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. Topic number one. Last year's NBA Finals matchup was unexpected between two small market teams, the Bucks and the Suns. That's the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. Now, both teams have had strong seasons yet again, so one can make the argument that there is a good chance either one of these teams or both of these teams can make it back to the finals again. Lethal, I ask you first, and you can't sidestep the question because I know how you <laughs> no like Euro to step do, in. okay? <laughs> we, know how, we know how Lethal do. Lethal, Who, lethal getting his James Harden back. Right? <laughs> right? Which team is more likely to make it back to the NBA Finals, the Phoenix Suns or the Milwaukee Bucks? <laughs> Don't sidestep. I see him already getting ready to Eurostep. Uh-huh. That's question. He's trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure out how he's um, going to get out of this one. I'm going to go with... Uh, the Bucks. Ooh. I'll go with the okay. Bucks. Yeah, because uh, I think they're getting better and better as the season goes on. Not saying the Suns aren't, but I think a lot of the teams in the West are starting to get, um, starting to catch up with the Suns right now. So I'm gonna have to go with the Bucks, and I'm gonna have to go with the Bucks. So the Bucks are yeah. the Bucks are fourth in the East right now, twenty six right. and seventeen. The Suns are thirty and nine. They're second in the West. So do those right. numbers change your mind at all, or do you just think that is a product of what the environment is at the moment in time? It, it's it's a little it's a little dis disorder right now. Not saying that's the Suns' fault, but they're taking really good advantage of everything that's going on right now. And I feel like a lot of those teams in the West, people hurt, people catching COVID. Is this? It's not a lot of breaks, but and you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I think the East is a little bit better this year than the West. Mm-hmm. And um, I, but the Bucks have shown us because they started off, you know, a little slow and they started picking it up once everybody started getting it together. I'm gonna have to go with the Bucks. No disrespect, Chris. I know how you feel about like that. No, yeah. I ain't no disrespect there because yeah. I'm agreeing with you, and you know why. Clay Thompson is back. Yeah. And Clay Thompson being back on the Warriors just makes them a juggernaut out West. I'm not sure who in the Western Conference I got taking the Warriors in a seven-game series, and that includes the Suns. I love the Suns. They're probably better than I give them credit for, especially when you think about last season where they had to beat up yeah. on a bunch of injured yeah, teams. Yeah. But but they did yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? They they 
you got to play who's in front of you. Um, the Bucks, you know, I think the Bucks are better than they're standing in the East and their and so their too. their record right now. They yeah. have, I mean, Giannis is the most dominant player when he's on the floor, uh, and just the offense that they run gets everybody involved, and that defense doesn't tell any lies. You know, no. I, I think that the Bucks are going to be a team that challenges the Nets, the Bulls, the Heat, all of them. And yeah. yeah, if the Nets don't get it together, I see the Bucks winning that series again. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and agree with both of you guys. I think, and this is no knock to the Suns. I do think, though, that in terms of the talent in the West, I think we kind of know or we're starting to see those seedings kind of formulate and how certain teams play against each other. I think the East is still very much a wild card. And when I say a wild card, actually, you know what? I don't think the East is that much of a wild card. I think we're starting to, I think the West is more of the wild card because you have a lot of talent out there. You have the Mavericks, you have the Grizzlies, you have the Jazz. Um, you have obviously the Suns are in the conversation. You can never count out the Clippers, depending on what happens with that situation. Obviously, cannot count out the Warriors. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of people who are in the mix. I think the East, we're starting to see the the difference in talent start to separate. I think the teams that are at the bottom are probably going to stay at the bottom. And I think that teams that are probably six and up are going to move around in that rotation in some capacity. If we if we take it a step further than that, you know, the Bulls are kind of a newly constructed team. That was right. going to be Nets my question still to trying you, to, Christian. The Nets are still trying to put their figure out their roster. The the, the Heat just added Kyle Lowry, right. Giannis, and and Chris Middleton, and they Drew Holiday, and Mike Budenholzer knew, know each other, and they've mm-hmm. got the same system. They've got that plug and play mm-hmm. mentality, mm-hmm. kind of just like the Warriors out there, you know. So I think that's going to help them in, in the playoffs. That's going to help them uh, probably all the way to the to the finals. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was a question I was going to ask you because listen, Kevin Durant has come out and said, look, and Steve Nash as well. We have have not played well together because we have not played together. We just haven't. And this was something that if we go back to the bubble, remember the Clippers, one of the strikes against them was they did not play enough games together to really gel, to really formulate that chemistry. And you look at the Bucks, that's virtually the exact same championship team. Mm-hmm. Even if you yeah. look at the Miami Heat, yes, they got Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker, but at the core, that's still the same team. I think people mm-hmm. underestimate the benefit of chemistry. And look, not to bring the the Knicks are obviously not in this conversation in terms of <laughs> top three teams, top five teams. But I think you can even say a lot of their credit has been or a lot of their wins have been secured in the fact that at their core, that's virtually the same team, too. They just have stepped away from their identity. I think you cannot underestimate that chemistry and that familiarity. And I think that's where the Bucks are going to go ahead and kind of separate themselves from the pack as we start getting closer to the postseason. Yeah, yeah no, I, agree. I agree with you. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, We're going to go ahead and move on to topic number two because during the first round of the playoffs last year, all eyes were on my New York Knicks and the Hawks as they went ahead and battled it out. Now, the Hawks ended up winning five games, but by the reaction of Knicks fans after that one win, you would think we won the title, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not the conversation at hand. The Hawks quickly became the darlings of the NBA, making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Although they got knocked out in the first round, the Knicks also were a very surprising team, had a lot of eyes on them, a lot of conversations were had about them and it was safe to assume that brighter days were ahead but currently both teams are headed in the wrong direction and if the playoffs started today neither one of them would be playoff teams so Mm. i'm gonna ask you lethal which team is more likely to make the playoffs the new york knicks or the atlanta hawks Uh oh (laughs) be honest lethal i know ashley birthday coming up but be honest (laughs) I'm gonna have to go with the Hawks only because uh-huh. they have Trey Young, um, exactly. and Trey Young he he's shown us the ability to carry a team and and give his players confidence and and I feel like the Knicks like you always say as like you guys have the pieces I love Julius Randle but I feel like you know once he understands how to give other players confidence and give other people that 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 battery pack in their back that young talent that you guys have you guys can be top mm. four in the NBA but right now. Um, I, th- I think the Hawks are a better team um, than the Knicks. Do- I think the Knicks have a better uh, team on paper, though. 
For sure. Let me ask you yeah. that. I'm gonna I'm gonna counter oh. that. You mentioned Julius oh, Randle no. taking the young guys under his wing. We see Kemba right. do it. Kemba has Kemba's a great team guy because whether or not right. he's playing, he is there in the trenches. He right. is a beneficial part of the team, regardless of whether or not he's suited up to play. Right. We're gonna go ahead and, and talk about the hot topic that had Nick's Twitter divided, and that was the booing of Julius Randle and his reaction, the thumbs down and telling teams to shut the F up. I want to go right. ahead and ask you, what is your philosophy on booing? Do you agree with Knicks fans booing Julius Randle? Is this what this is this what you sign up for when you play in New York or when you play for a professional sports team? Kind of give me your two cents on that. Well, with me being a shooting coach, you know, I, I might I might train a client and go to an arena and the client might shoot bad and people in the stands would be like, you're, aren't you the shooting coach, you stupid motherfucker, or something like disrespectful? <laughs> like, it's like, crazy wild. like that to you, man. You talking crazy, Chris? Like oh, it's like, nah. but you can't, you can't go out of character because if you got a character and you get recorded or you you say what they say, now you're them, and that's not professional. So I feel I, like I'll Julius, be a bodyguard, bro. Nah, let me <laughs> let me step in real quick and, and hand so, you light work. So I feel like Julius Randle has to always understand you. You're you're the player. Those are fans for a reason. It's their job to try to do things to have you turn on the motor, and you have to always be professional imagine um how many times mj uh was getting booed mm. or something like that you have to just show that you guys are wrong you can't put your thumbs down because unfortunately the world that we live in the games wouldn't be the games if we didn't have the fans um and, and it just shows how frustrated he is and it just shows that we do need more vets back in the nba um because the knicks doesn't don't have that one person not saying somebody need to snatch up Julius, but they don't have that person that during the timeout, he'd be like, man, get, get over here. They don't like, got you know that Udonis I mean? Haslam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, come <laughs> here, let me talk to you for a sec. You can't do dumb shit like that. Like, so it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I feel like that was disrespectful to the game. It was disrespectful to the Knicks fans and it was disrespectful um, to the organization. And, and I think he learned from it. Um, and I, I pray he learned from it because he, like you always say, Ash, you're a huge uh, Julius Randle fan. I'm a huge Julius Randle fan, but... If you want to be a superstar, which he was taking that turn, mm -hmm. as, like if he would have came back this season and Oof. played the same way he played last season, he would have been considered uh, like a super, like, man, he can oh, carry no. a team. But doing stuff like that, it just, you know, all due respect, he's my guy. Like, that's my man. He went to Kentucky. But that's that's just immature. Yeah. You cannot you cannot ever do that again. And I think he should um, never do that again and, and definitely show the, the younger players what being a professional athlete's all about. Christian, you and you and I, we're both New Yorkers, all right, and we know the mm -hmm. philosophy. We know the, we know the philosophy: don't start none, won't be none. All right. Right. So here's, I was kind of fifty-fifty, and tell me if you agree with this. I completely understand the motivational ideology behind booing, and I understand in certain yeah. markets you get more of that than you get sure. elsewhere. You know, it's not Portland. You know what I mean? Everyone's right. not polite. They're gonna boo the hell out of you in New York, and then cheer right. for you. You know, at halftime. That's just the way it works. But I will say there is I can't get mad at a player and I also kind of look at some fans a little sideways especially New York fans who are going to boo their own player and then kind of get you know in their feelings a bit when they get a little bit of that smoke back I personally yeah. didn't mind the thumbs down it was like this is what you want I'm gonna give you what you want now I do think that <laughs> he can't rely on the crowd to make or break his motivation I think that's a different conversation. I think yeah. that's an issue. You got to have that mentality that you're going to go off with or without the crowd booing you or cheering you. It doesn't matter. You can be playing in right. an empty arena. You're going to ball out the same way. But I also yeah. can't be mad at somebody for like coming back at the fans a little bit and be like, yo, stop talking. It's kind of like when Trey Young told us to shush or he went like, I can't get mad. I can't get mad, especially if I'm going to come and deliver some smoke to your doorstep. I can't be mad when you come and you come knocking on my door. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe that's my toxic I, trait. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Julius Randle came back the next game and scored what? Two points? That's another conversation. Yes. That's two Chris. points. Jesus Christ. Chris. Two gosh. points, Julius Randle. We're not Number one, look. That. Yes, we are. It's all, it's all, it's that's all together. That's not the question right? I asked you, though, sir. For Julius, he's got to understand that the fans are always going to win, right? There's no such thing as players beating fans because fans mm -hmm. are the ones that pay your bills, basically. Fans are the ones that pay for all the salaries. Fans are the ones that's coming in to support. Fans are the ones that are tweeting about the game. You know what I'm saying? Where would where would any pro sport be without fans? Well, it's right? not Probably. solely the fans that are paying their salary. Let's let's make that clear. It's not well, solely well, the else? fans, especially well, I mean, not a big market like the New York Knicks. That money also comes from elsewhere. 
I mean, well, the fans still. Let's not downplay their their no, importance course, in this course. entire situation, right? And and I do think that if if we were to see and remember, right after this whole fiasco, Julius Randle comes out and scores two points, right? He he's just a complete <laughs> shell of himself, and, and I think that's just. <laughs> I see the eye roll, but that's <laughs> gotta, real, right? I, you I think keep that's bringing up the two points. He, the Knicks fans are going to support you, and this goes for any fan base. Fans are going to support you if you come out there and play well, if you put your body on the line, if you if yeah. you compete like you're trying to win, right? And mm-hmm. too far, too often enough, we get caught in these little traps between players and fans when they both want the same thing. So just put that aside. Yeah. Try to get the dub. And even if you don't get yeah. the dub, as long as you try, these fans are going to respect you. Where, where, where fans start to, you know what I'm saying, start hating on, on players is when they start right. to shortcut the game, right? And nobody yeah. wants to see that. Well, bringing it bringing yeah. it back to the the Knicks and the Hawks, I'm going to ask you the same question: Which mm. team is more likely to make the playoffs, the Knicks or the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, I'd probably go with the t- with the team that has the best player on the floor, and that'd be Trey Young. You know, I, I think the Hawks uh, are playing a little bit below their means right now because when you look at that roster, I mean, they've got Trey Young as their superstar. They've got roster balance, right? They're just not finishing some of these games. They're falling apart defensively sometimes. Uh, and I think they're going to clean that up. I think COVID kind of rocked everybody differently. And a lot of teams are still trying to put it together after that. But the Knicks need to make a trade, in my opinion. You know, I, I think they need some fresh blood in there. And I think the Hawks are a team that has already the pieces that they need to uh, to compete better than they are right now. So I'm going with the Hawks. Well, word on the curb is Cam Reddish maybe on Uh-oh. his way to rep the orange and blue, but we going to see. Who, who you going to give up for Cam Reddish? We going to see. You know, that's an interesting question. I don't think you move any of your big pieces for him. I don't think it's necessary. I think you, you move a lot of the small pieces, Kevin Knox, some of the other younger oh guys. Oh my, you are not getting Cam Reddish for no Kevin Knox. Well, you're not going to move Evan Fournier for him because Evan Fournier, first of all, that's a he's playing well enough to where you hold on to him for a little bit longer to get the big fish. You're not going to dump mm. Julius Randle. You're definitely not getting ready, getting rid of R.J. Barrett. Maybe Obi Toppin. Don't know if the Knicks are going to make that move. I think we're just starting to see his development. I wouldn't make I that move. Not let him go. Yeah, Hell that's what no. I'm saying. So you would have to move, quote unquote, the kind of tangible pieces because all the big ones you either need as part of your team to continue to build or you need to hold on to in your back pocket to when you want to go ahead and place them on the poker table and say, I yeah. want him. Once you go ahead and use your pieces, you can't say, oh, I take it back. I want no I want Donovan backs. Mitchell. Like, that's not how no it works. Take backs, yeah. Once they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> he so, said no take backs. Um, I'm actually going to disagree, obviously. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold it down for, oh, New, wow. for New York City. Didn't see that one coming. And I'm going to tell, <laughs> tell you why, because I think wow. that this team offensively has gotten much better. I think it's the lack of identity that's their problem. I don't think it's the lack of talent. I think on the on paper, like Lethal said, and so I think that this is a better team. I think that their roster is better. I just think they haven't figured out how to maneuver as a unit to make sure that what's on paper is represented on the court. I think once you can figure that out, you solve a lot of the problems. And also, I need to see the Knicks get back to their identity, and that's a gritty defensive team. I think if they can get back to that, I think they can make a play-in. I think they can give a team some trouble if they play their game, the same game we saw last season. I think a big chunk of their problem, especially in the first half of the season, is they don't have that identity. They go out on the court. They don't know who their closer is. They don't know who's playing defense. People are kind of half-assing their defense. You know, everyone's mm, trying mm, to mm, shoot mm, crazy. It's just, there's no cohesiveness. So you got to get that cohesiveness back. That, they're going to make the playoffs over the Hawks? I'm, saying, so if the they can, I'm saying if they can figure that out, how to move as a unit and to get that identity back, I think that if they can make it. I think now, they can man. I think they can do it. It's only January. <laughs> the disgust know, on Lethal's face right now. No, I'm just so saying weak. because like like you the one thing we gotta all know is like no disrespect. Like those are my guys, but it's like they're not even showing consistent games that they're just playing Neither hard on those defense and lose. They're not, but they got Trey Young. <laughs> that's the only thing that sucks. That's the equalizer. Like, yeah, that's the equalizer. Like who 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 does the Knicks have that's that 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 can change the entire game like Trey Young. When healthy Kemba Walker, we've seen it. Oh, now we love Kemba. <laughs> I, Yo, first of all, pay, I love Kemba. Time out. Time out. Don't say, no, don't say y'all. Too, I, I was Kemba. extremely happy when we got Kemba. I am a Kemba yeah. fanatic, have been since yeah, Rice. Okay, don't come I at me crazy. Too, you know? Kemba's my guy. 
But y'all, y'all did him dirty. Y'all put him at the, y'all put him out the rotation. I think the Knicks and the mm, Hawks mm, are mm. in similar situations of having to flip the switch, but for different reasons. I think we can, if that's fair to say. I think they're in similar situations of having to flip the switch to a team we saw last season, but for different reasons. And I think if either of them can do that, it will turn their season around. It's not going to make them a number three or number four seed, but I think it will turn it around enough that they can get into the play in and and maybe make some noise. We've seen crazier things happen, so I, I think it's a testament as well to how good the East is now. I mean, yeah. the Hawks and the yeah. Knicks, that, they we were 4-5 and five last year. And now, they're, yeah. what are they, 12-13? and 11-12? Like, yeah. yeah. and 12. Yeah. That's crazy. We're going to go ahead and move on to topic number three. And after the free agency period, there was hype around a few Eastern Conference teams heading into the year. Two of those teams, the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat. And they have done everything to live up to that hype. DeMar DeRozan, DeMar I say it, DeMar I, I like it. Gonna... <laughs> Jesus Christ. And a guy I wanted to see in the orange and blue, Lonzo Ball, have been everything the Bulls can ask for and more. And down in the 305, Kyle Lowry seems to be the missing piece for mm-hmm. the Miami Heat. Christian, which team is more likely to win the Eastern Conference, the Chicago Bulls or the Miami Heat? That's a great mm. question. And they're both mm. playing really, really, really good basketball right now. But let me give you <sighs> let me give you some numbers real quick. Yeah, the Bulls yeah, right now sit at number one in the East, 26 and 11, while the Heat are not far behind at number three, 25 and 15. And that is without Bam Adebayo and a very up and down Jimmy Butler so far. Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm I'm more inclined to go with the Heat here just because they've been there already, right? Like, you've still got that same core from the bubble finals, right? And you added on to that. you got P.J. Tucker in the mix, and now you've got Kyle Lowry in the mix. And it's still Jimmy Butler as the head of the snake. And I'm, that's not me taking anything away from the Bulls. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is playing outstanding basketball. The Bulls are, are, are firing in all cylinders. But I think when it gets down to it, when you've got to deal with a gritty Heat team in a seven-game series, you know what I'm saying? Jimmy Butler going to come through and try to shut down one of those two guys and then P.J. Tucker gonna come through and shut down the other one then what happens you know so mm. I'm looking at the Heat I think the Heat have a, a good chance in that in that series but it could go either way the Bulls the Bulls DeMar DeRozan is playing ridiculous basketball right now I mean mm. he had those back-to-back game winners one of them was like running one foot you know what I'm saying from three it, it, he's he's playing at a, at a different level but I think if I had to choose between the two I'm going Miami all right, Lethal, who you going? Chicago Bulls or the Miami Heat? Who is more mm. likely to win the Eastern Conference? Mm. We have to pick these two teams, You got to right? pick Lethal one sweating. of the two. Stop Euro-stepping. <laughs> Just ask. <laughs> I can see the sweat now. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with the Heat as well. Mm. Um, I'm... I'm I, the, the the Bulls are playing great basketball. I, He's not I, a like, believer. Love, He's not a believer. I, see see how she's mm. trying to set me up, Chris. <laughs> I mm. love I love the way they're playing, but I need to see a little bit longer because a little, I, bit. I, a little bit more because the Heat they we know like you say, Ash. They play with grit. They play with t- they play the New York way you want. They play with that yeah. diving on the ground. That, mm-hmm. that, that oh, that intense. had to hurt, Ash. That, that hurt a little bit. See what I'm, I'm sorry. I know no, you're hurt. trying. You, you're my, trying I to make my me heart drop a little bit. I feel I my but the thing I'm trying to say bit. is the Heat are going to go down with a fight. Not saying the Bulls aren't, but the Heat have shown us. Plus, the way that Tyler Euro is playing this year is just is is remarkable. And if he would have played that way prior, they would probably went a little bit more deeper than they went before. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what the Heat do this uh, for the rest of the remainder of the season. The I'm Heat excited. also have a little chip on their shoulder, early right? Early six-man of do. the year candidate, by the way. Oh, Tyler he should Hero, win it. Early six-man of the year it. candidate. So shout out to Hero. Yeah, you know, he was at the beginning of the season, he was saying that he should be in the same category as Luca and as Trey. But People I mean, was laughing at him. I was laughing. Remember, I was like, I was now like, look. league needs to drug test him. But look at him. He's, he's hooping right now. Well, so. it's funny you bring that up because I saw him at the SI Awards. I actually asked him that on the carpet. And I Flex said, look, a lot. Yeah, you get <laughs> money, girl. SI Awards, everything, SI Awards, man. Listen, you start with gracious. me. <laughs> I asked him, I said, look, you're an early sixth man of the year candidate. You're having a great season so far. A lot of people were kind of looking at you crazy when you said the comment, you know, about Trey Young and John Moran being that same conversation. You know, does this kind of shut the haters up a little bit? He says, yo, my work speaks for itself. And whoever doubts me will feel me eventually. And that's oh. kind of what it is. And Christian, I think he was talking to you, but... I don't think he was talking to me. You I think he saying? was talking to you, but... I'm minding my business on this side. I, I gotta agree with you both. Although I think Billy Donovan is doing a great job with the Chicago Bulls, I have to say, I mean, as someone who covered the Miami Heat... Um, especially during their run in the bubble, 
I got to say, one, from a, just from a chemistry standpoint, that team really rocks with each other. I mean, they, they're friends outside of the game. They rock with each other within the game. Haslam is the glue that keeps them together. Like, everyone respects him. He's the OG, the president of the 305 for a reason. If it's Wade mm-hmm. County, then listen, then Haslam is the mayor of Wade County. That's just what it is. But I think also, you know, Jimmy, I know he has gotten a bad reputation in the past for being a bad teammate. I put that in air quotes. That's not the case in Miami. Those guys respect each other. He pushes them, but he also is there for them. But I think they also have a secret weapon. And that is Eric Spolstra. I have spoken mm-hmm. about Coach Spo mm-hmm. time and time again. I think he is one of the best coaches in For the sure. NBA. Just from just from a standpoint of his rotations, his the way that he approaches each game. I mean, every game plan has similarities, but there's differences that kind of throw you off your game a little bit. Those guys respect him. I mean, it's just he has his finger on the chemistry of this team and knows how to manipulate it to constantly make it work. You got to give credit where credit is due. And I think that's a secret weapon for this team is Coach Spo for sure. You, you know, before mm-hmm. we move on, last season, the Heat got swept out of the first round by the Bucks, And then after that first round, Giannis comes out and says, we ain't want to play with our food. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know Can't they ain't play forget with them, that. Them yeah. dudes, them and I know dudes, Bam Adebayo and, and, took that personal, okay? Uh, you got to. You got to. So I think they're going to come out and uh, and really prove that they're a team that... And, and that's what we need to see from the Bulls, too, right? The Bulls, before this season, we, they were, you know what I'm saying? They're not even in the playoff picture at all, right? So mm-hmm. now we're, we're seeing them at the top of the, of the East, but what happens when you're in the playoffs and you ain't used to it, right? DeMar DeRozan was in San Antonio toiling away. Zach Levine was in Chicago on a, on a dysfunctional Bulls team. Now they're successful, but what happens in the playoffs when you not used to that. Right. I, I like Miami in the in that. And Lethal, I want to ask you before we move on. We we are talking about Bam Adebayo. He's been absent from the team. He had surgery on yeah. his thumb, but his return is just a week or a few weeks away. How much of a difference is that going to make for this team? And what do you expect Huge. to see from him in that return? I mean, adding him to the rotation is exactly what, what Chris is saying as well. Like, this playoff series, whoever gets lined up with them, it's, it's going to be dangerous. Dangerous. I'm, 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 ex- <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, we're huge fans of his. Like, he does it. He plays hard, grabs rebounds, he dunks, blocks shots, sprint, runs the floor. He, I, he doesn't do anything. I remember we, somebody said earlier that he's going to be shooting jump shot. I haven't been seeing much of that, but everything else... He has been. He's. He's. A, I love his game. Yeah, I this, love his game. This conversation yeah. kind of underscores the need for the Nets to improve because, and not just like as a team, but on You're the roster. You're not wrong. Because when you look at Miami, exactly. Miami, yeah. one to five is no disrespect. Because the Nets have a big three, right? And then once you yeah. add Joe Harrison, that you know, what I'm saying that they haven't played without Jou Harrison in a while. But Miami's yeah. got a five man roster of <sighs> a five man starting lineup of players that can play both sides. Yes, right. And that's just yes. that's where it just gets really, really tough. And then you yeah. just go down the East, Milwaukee, same thing. Chicago's yes. beating the Nets twice yes. uh, this this year. So I, I, the Nets need to make some some improvements if you. Me. We're going to go ahead and move on to another topic, but on a different side of the country, the West Coast, on some teams Uh-oh. that need to make some improvements mm-hmm. as well, Uh-oh. okay? And that's the city that um, Lethal calls home now, and that's Los Angeles, all right? <laughs> because LA has been the site of mediocre basketball this year, all right? Once the home of two potential contenders, title contenders at that, it seems as if now the city of LA would be lucky to have one team make it past the first round. Lethal, which Los Angeles-based team is more likely to make a playoff run? The Clippers or the Lakers? I love how today everything is leading off with me. And I <laughs> told go, you guys. I need Christian number three. Be, I need Christian number should, three. I, I told you guys to throw the oop to Chris and I'll come uh, in and nah, hit nah, the game nah, winner. No, no, no. We like uh, your step. Leave the light coming, please. <laughs> but I'm going I'm to I'm have to go with the Lakers mm. only because I, I am starting to see a little bit of chemistry. Um, when I watch the Clippers, um, all due respect to those guys, I, I don't know what's going on. It just looks it's dysfunctional. Just, it's just, yeah, it looks dysfunctional, dysfunctional, and a little, yeah, a little mediocre sometimes. Mm. And, is that, and, and is it, it doesn't. Is it fair to say because Kawhi Leonard is not in the equation? Well, that's one player. These are professional athletes. Ooh. That's unacceptable mm. to to to. I mean, 
it's it, he is like the man. But the thing I'm saying is they should be building a foundation right now. So when Kawhi comes in, we're just planting them right into it to continue to go on the same mm-hmm. road. You can't just think Kawhi's gonna come into a dysfunctional uh, team and then oh poof, we just start winning games. It doesn't work that way. So like, um, I, I just don't. Just watching it from where I watch it, I don't know if you guys watch it because you guys are in different time zones, but I watch all their games and they just don't seem like they're that that hunger, like how they use like, like they're that, coasting, that, they're coasting. Yeah, look like they're going with the flow, and you can't do that. And the one thing I'm noticing with the Lakers right now, they're getting beat up so much with the see the Clippers don't get the media beat down that the Lakers do. So I think the Lakers are so ashamed and the Lakers are so. And the Lakers players are so um, dis- feel disrespected that, th- that now they're just playing hard. Mm-hmm. Even if they lose, they're just playing hard. Like, yes, they just lost to Memphis by 10, but they should have lost by 30, but the, the other team came back. But they- they've been putting it together just a little bit. But out of these two teams, I'll say the Lakers. But out of these two teams, both of them are playing um, unacceptable basketball. Christian, mm. when, you- when you look at both of these teams... They're virtually both 500. The Lakers are 21 and 20, seventh in the West, and the Clippers are 20 and 21, ninth in the West. So yeah. when it comes record for record, bar for bar, one's not drastically doing better than the other. So it can be said, playing devil's advocate here, that with the Clippers being in such a deficit that they're being it, that they are in with the absence of Kawhi Leonard and the Lakers yeah. having a lot more of that roster intact, minus Anthony Davis, it can be said that the Clippers might be in a better position than the Lakers right now? Is that is that fair to kind of play, toy around with that idea? Uh, that's a good way to kind of manipulate the situation. Um, <laughs> when you also consider like Paul George has been out for some time and exactly. I think the Clippers had Tyron Lue in the health and safety protocols. Like Everybody's trying to find themselves. So many the, I mean, what do we have? 200 plus players in the health and safety protocols in, in the month of December alone. Mm. I mean a, a lot of teams are still trying to rebound from that. I mean, the Nets were rolling before 13 players went into health and safety protocol, and then look what happens. They lose four out of the next five. So uh, I think there's a little bit of that with the Clippers. Um, and, and I guess this is almost a question for you, Lethal, because when you look at the Lakers, you know, when you have two superstars on the team, like LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, no, I know Anthony Davis has been out. I would expect them to raise the level of, of competition of everybody on that team, right? Like, guys shouldn't be coasting on possessions. And LeBron's out here averaging 29 a game, right? Like, he's trying to do it. Do you, is that? Do you think the Lakers need to make a trade? Is, do you think Russell Westbrook and LeBron can actually coexist? Or you know, so I don't mean to be putting you in a in a, in a bad spot, bro. But you you the you the you the, the go to source for all things LA. What you what you thinking, um, bro? I think honestly, <laughs> if we're gonna have Russell Westbrook as the point guard, let's let Russ play the point because LeBron is better playing off the ball than Russ is. LeBron is literally carrying the team, but. What happens is there are certain players that they're not used to not having the basketball. So what I would test is let's let Russ be the number one option. So if Russ comes down, not saying he needs to come down and shoot a bad shot, but I'm saying if Russ wants to come down and be OKC Russ, cool, fuck, just do it. Because if you notice when he does that, his energy level is like, I can't even explain it. We all know he's like jaw times 10, Yeah. right? When LeBron's bringing the ball up, if you notice... Russ, it's like there's no understanding with the team where everybody needs to be. Everybody's just standing still. Yeah. So like we said in the beginning, and I think the Nets have been doing a little bit. We said that James Harden needed to move a little bit off the basketball. And he's been coming off down screens, bro. Mm -hmm. He's been coming off down screens. So imagine this. If Russ doesn't have the ball in his hands... We need to have Russ get a back screen set for him to get an alley-oop. Mm-hmm. Have Russ come off a double stagger. Does he need to shoot a three? No. Just turn the corner <laughs> so the, the second screener can pop and the, the the first screener can pop to the corner. Mm. And just, just to have movement. I feel like when LeBron gets the ball as a superstar, we got to stop just staring. Now, yeah. let's see two superstars coexist. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson ain't played basketball in two years with this guy on the floor with cameras on. Soon as they come out there, how does their basketball look? Everybody's moving. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going crazy. Nobody's just standing listening. around. Everybody's going... So I'm telling you, if, if they want to get the best out of Russell Westbrook and LeBron together... Make Russ the one, and if he's not going to be the one, when Russ is the two, don't allow him to stand. If you stand for longer than two and a half seconds, fuck that. You need to move around. Facts. Because by him just moving will help him stay in a rhythm and keep his mind just activated. He's one of those players he has to be activated to continue to go on with the game. Now, if that doesn't work, 
you know, <laughs> some, somebody got to go. You hear what I'm saying? Some, y'all trying to hype you it up. You were waiting for a bar no. to drop. He said, well, no, you know. I'm saying, <laughs> if it doesn't work, you have to you have to move on only because these guys are in their primes. It's not right. like these dudes right. is like 28, 27. Like, if, if they was like, Ash, if they was like 26, kind of 27. they prime, sort of. I, I'll say, well, you know, the NBA now with the technology, they in their prime. Like, LeBron gonna go to about 42. That doesn't mean Russ he's in his prime. About, that just means he's a freak. <laughs> I, yeah. No. I, see, the prime was younger back in the day because of the, the way the bodies were worked. If you saw what these guys were doing behind the scenes, yeah. these, the body work is, it's like, it's, yeah. it's unreal, Ash. I just, when I think prime LeBron, I think big three, I think Cleveland LeBron, I think, oh, yeah, I think yeah, Lakers yeah, yeah, is, is more of, LeBron uh, still of a freak course. of nature, but Path yeah, of course, yeah. of course. But I'm saying if the, if if it doesn't work, I agree. I agree with you, Chris. I agree with you, Ash. Unfortunately, I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan, and I just feel like, all due respect, it's not the player's job to do that. It's the coach's job to tell Russ, bro, we love you. Move around. Or if LeBron is over dribbling, LeBron, da da da, move it. Like these guys, if they did, if they do figure it out, man, they they'll be dangerous. Should have got Buddy healed. Well, listen, Jeannie Buss was over there whispering some things in Bunny Hill's ears, so you don't (laughs) know what happened. Might be happening sooner than later. Mm -hmm. We're going to go ahead and round out this three on five with topic number five. And listen, you can't have the NBA without an MVP. And if you would have asked an NBA fan a few weeks ago who the MVP was, you probably would have heard the name Steph Curry. And truth be told, the world's best shooter has slacked off a little bit, making some room for who I think Mm. is the greatest player in the world, and that's Kevin Durant, to now answer the conversation. According to Vegas Insider, Steph Curry has a plus 135 odds to win the MVP, while Kevin Durant is right behind him at plus 220. Now, Christian, who do you think will have a better second half of the season, Steph Curry or KD? Oh, uh, that's a great question. I'm going KD, and, and that's crazy because he's had a, sens- a sensational first half of the season already. I really anticipate him getting the Nets on track in the second half of the season. And part of it is is Steve Nash, right, and the Nets. And their rotations are, are kind of ridiculous right now. The Nets are playing some lineups where you've got rookies playing alongside KD in serious minutes. You've got some young guys who are getting minutes over some veterans. And that's, I guess, according to their plan. They're trying to figure out what they have. I think in that second half of the season, we're going to see KD and Kyrie and James out there. Well, that's if they're on the road. We're going to see the, the stars out there, but we're also going to see the right veteran role that's players. such a crazy and, statement to make. Well, if they're on the road, but... Right? Yeah, it's so kind of ridiculous. But, <laughs> but no, but I, and and I know Steph is going to come out firing, but Steph is also... Now you the Warriors got Clay back, right? So Steph is going to try yeah. to get Clay involved as well. Um, I think KD has something to prove. I think he knows that the Nets are playing below their means right now, and he's got to play at a higher level somehow, even though he's already playing great to, to kind of get them to where they want to go. So I'm going KD for a better second half of the season. I still don't even know, though, if that makes him the MVP over Steph Curry because, I mean, number one, Steph Curry's already got the narrative. He broke the three-point record. And, and just the way he's been able to lift this Warriors team, I don't think there's a world where the Nets have a better record than them at the end of, at the end of the year. So I think he's fighting a, a uphill battle. But I still think KD has a better second half of the season. Well, Lethal, before I let you answer this question, I'm going to give you some numbers. Steph Curry right now is averaging 26.8 points per game, 38.7% from three, lowest of career outside of 2019 when he only played five games. Now, Kevin Durant right now is averaging 29.8 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, and 5.8 assists. Do those numbers change your mind on who will have a better second half of the season? Kevin Durant is the best player right now, I think. Mm. Absolutely. But like what Chris says, the narrative around Steph Curry is just, he's probably nine times out of 10 going to be the MVP. And it's going to get scary because Klay Thompson's out there. Now the floor has to spread more. That 38.7, that 38.7, mark my words, he's going to finish the season shooting about 40 plus percent from three. And what people have to understand is it's been about five games that he was in a slump. He's going to be in a slump. He was at a high that he broke the record. He's going to get a little comfortable. He might go, he probably went to the club. Not the club. (laughs) Probably his wife, wife probably made him a chocolate cake or something. You never know, but I'm saying like that moment, that moment happened. But now you notice he's going to start reverting back to that guy that is like, oh my goodness. And now, you, you know, he got his other, his other goon beside him. Clay, that's like his, I can't explain the energy those two have together. They're the Splash now, Bros. 
if 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 like what Chris was saying, if if the Nets pick up another person to take a load off Kevin so he can continue to maintain what he's doing and mm. they're winning, they'll win the MVP. But the way it's looking, man, Kevin Tongue be hanging out his mouth. It's like, <laughs> like, like I'm not hating on the Nets, but it's like it's certain guys that Kevin have to give the ball to in certain situations. They shouldn't even have the ball in those certain situations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So some changes have to be made ASAP. Because, like like Chris said, and you agreed as well, the Warriors are on to something. And Steph Curry, that 26.8 is going to go up. And that 38.7 is going to go up. And they're going to win a lot of games and potentially win the championship this year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I called it from the beginning. Everyone said I was crazy, but I ain't crazy no more, am I? But mm. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to agree. I think it's going to be Steph Curry, and that's not because I don't think Kevin Durant's the greatest basketball player in the world right now. Um, I think what happens with that situation versus Steph Curry, Steph Curry's in a much better situation for him to shine without the pressure. Point. When I that's mean by that, point. there's a lot of talent, and there's a lot mm. of talent that's on his caliber of talent just in a different way. You know what I mean? Draymond is his caliber of a talent, but defensively, you have Klay Thompson, you have Wiggins, you have so many guys who you can depend on because they're talented, maybe not as talented as you are or in the same way, but in their own way. I think what's going to happen with Kevin Durant that may prevent him from having a better season than Steph Curry, at least, is that because so much of the responsibility is on him, it leaves more room for error. It leaves more room for things to go wrong. It leaves more room for exhaustion. It leaves more room for games that really aren't the most productive or the best um, of his capabilities. And that's not a knock on him. He's basically out there playing one on five every night. I mean, and that's not a knock on James Harden. That's not a knock on Kyrie Irving. Kyrie's there when he can be, but when it, it comes is a down, James Harden. I mean, yeah, he needs to play better. James Harden needs to play better, but I'm not going to take away that he's not a great basketball player. But Kevin Durant is out there solo dolo, and it's not enough that Kyrie's there part time when you're playing at y'all home. Y'all tried half the that time. last playoffs, Chris, last year. Y'all tried, didn't yeah. work. I don't Man. think I don't think Kevin Durant can function another remaining half of the season, Heck and more no. importantly, a postseason being worked like a dog did. like this. Exactly. He just he, as much of a hooper as he is. Shout out to Rucker yeah. Park KD. Shout out to right. US Olympian KD. <laughs> he be saying he like, don't want to rest. Listen, he, I know he, he doesn't want to rest, but his body is still human. And yeah, as much right. as a crazy athlete, a crazy talent he is, he still needs the help and he deserves right. the help. And he just does not have it. And that right. may be his detriment, unfortunately. Uh, listen, I agree with you. You know, it's it's a lot for him to carry this season, especially when you consider just like the pieces that are in and out. Harden not looking like himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a real conversation to be had whether that last Eastern Conference All Star starter spot goes to James Harden or Zach Levine, right? And when you look at James Harden and the season he's had, and he's been playing below his means, I mean, Zach yeah, Levine yes. is a guy who you can also consider for that spot because the other four are basically locked up, right? You've got locked Kevin in. Durant who's playing out of his mind, Demar Derozan playing out of his mind, Joel Embiid is a force, uh, and Giannis, of course, is going to get an All Star starter spot. So James Harden, not only for his own self in terms of becoming that All Star starter again, but to actually also free up stuff for Kevin Durant and for the Nets, right? We haven't seen that aggressive, what I like to call Houston Harden. We haven't seen him since last year. Uh, and, and this year that just those those aggressive performances have been uh, too far, too few, too far apart. So um, hopefully he gets back to that form. And if he does, I think that opens up a lot for Kevin Durant because KD's yeah. just playing a ridiculous amount of minutes. You know what I'm saying? He's playing these minutes in losses and that's not what you want. So Right. I agree with you 100%. All right, that does it for three on five. Let's hit social media and fire up our segment on the timeline. You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. You know, when I saw the trailer for the reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on my timeline, I had to check it out. I mean, we grew up on that show, right? We got to see... Now, first... Number one, RIP to Uncle Phil. I, first I just, thing first, oh, rest in peace, Uncle first Phil. First, first things peace, first, Phil. rest in peace, Uncle Phil. That's a that's a legend right there. Um, and you know, I think sometimes trying to redo some of these, I guess, legendary shows and legendary movies, uh, sometimes it doesn't always work out. But I, just in terms of watching the the trailer, mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of took it they made a modern twist to it it's less funny it's more so of a serious tone but i think the acting at least from the trailer looks good and uh, i'm kind of excited to see it what about you guys 
No, I'm definitely excited to see it. I think, you know, it's a twist, like you said, on on the Fresh Prince. And I think that, you know, I'm always excited to see how people kind of tweak storylines and shows that you've already kind of build built a um comfort with obviously mm. the fresh prince was a comedy it was it was supposed to be lighthearted. this is a lot more dark i mean there's guns there's fights you know carlton low-key looks like he's the ops like it's just yeah. it's just <laughs> <laughs> he low-key looks like a fed like yo what's, what's oh i gotta be careful God. when i'm supposed to walk around the crib around you i don't know if the place is bugged but i always like seeing how I'm people crying. tweak those storylines so I'm, I'm here for it i always love the fresh prince because <laughs> it was the first time i ever saw on a sitcom um, mm-hmm. and Ashley that was of color you know a lot of the times mm-hmm. I would see Ashley's oh, and they were they that. were blonde hair and blue eyes but Fresh Prince yeah. is you know you had Ashley Banks and she was black and she was uh-huh. this pretty you know black girl coming from a successful black family and it was it was nice to see that that name could be applied to someone that I could see a little bit of myself in and it wasn't mm-hmm. you know the typical you know like Barbie hi I'm Ashley like <laughs> <laughs> so that was I always appreciated that about the Fresh Prince it was dope yeah. Nah, I'm I'm excited as well, and um, I, I've been honored to help them this season. So it's gonna oh, be pretty cool. cool. The the show, <laughs> yeah, yeah, lethal. They went from all directions, bro. You see it, Chris? Whatever. Oh, oh snap! Yeah. What? So I was I help basketball scenes and TV shows and movies. Yo, and did you did you, did you fix bro. the scene where Carlton takes the shot when he should have passed the ball? Are they gonna go ahead? Nah, and do I can't, I can't talk about that type of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, the, the one thing I can info. say, you know, coming from that '90s era, like what you said, Ash and. Um, it is dark. Oh, for for those of you who obviously can't see it, Lethal showed us a picture of him <laughs> on set with the young man who's playing Will Smith's character. Will Fresh Smith, Prince, his right? name is Jabari. He's amazing. Jabari is a great actor. And the one thing I love about Jabari, like training him, he's he's not satisfied. So like if we were doing a scene and it wasn't a way that uh, Morgan, like Morgan Cooper, he's he's a he's he's amazing, guys. Make sure you Google his name. But if it was a scene that we'll say, hey, I didn't like the way that crossover looked, or I didn't like like the way he would literally do a scene over and over and over until he perfected it. So I I, I have so much respect for Jabari, and I've learned so much mm. being on set with these type of guys and and girls. So definitely. If if you love TV and you love real TV, Fresh Prince of Bel Air this year is 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 this is must see TV. So definitely make sure you watch it. And and when you watch those basketball scenes, just know that we took it very serious. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, speaking of TV, I mean, who would you guys want to want to play as yourself in a TV series you about with? your life? I mean, I already know for me, no no one matches the level of handsome on your boy except Idris oh. Elba, you feel me? So we got to get Idris. <laughs> Idris can play my life, you feel me? Other than that, but I don't, it's a I don't sports know if anybody's right? going to do it you justice. Play, what, what no, sport just a movie you about your life. It doesn't have to be a sports um, movie. But you said Idris Elba? Is that is Yeah, that's yeah, so what I'm saying. Idris, is, Idris would be the only person who could be me, you feel me? Like What's the, what's the dude, Ashley, that went to Howard that was on the show for Tyler Perry? Which show? Which Tyler Perry she, show? Oh, yeah, the, the I'm Tyler Perry blanks, TV, TV I, I, show. I went, I went to uh, Hampton. Went to I don't Howard. know much about the uh, other Which one? There's a bunch. For better or for worse? Or uh, I, I don't even know what I'm going to tell you. Perry. You go first, Ash, and I'll pull it up real quick. Um, I would say Christina Milian. Okay. She's she's older than me now, so it, it would obviously okay. have to be... It would have to have been like a younger Christina Milian, but... I feel like at one time when she was in Love Don't Cost a Thing or like what was that that movie with Nick Cannon, Love Don't Cost a Thing or something like that. I remember growing up, people would say we looked mm. like we had the big black curly hair and like, so I could definitely, um, if she were a little bit younger, or actually she still looks super young, she could play me. I, w- I could see her playing me and doing it well. Lethal, I think I think Man, we could bring Charlie Murphy like back. That, rest in peace, Charlie. Rest, rest in peace, Charlie rest in peace, Murphy. Rest in peace, Charlie. But I was talking about Lance Gross. He can play oh, my yes. lead. Yes, that would be perfect. Yeah, Lance he can, Gross. He can, yeah. play, he can play my lead for my movie. Yeah, Lance Gross. Just would make be a sure you're one. knocking down the jump shots, Lance. There you dang, go. bro. Rest in peace, uh, Mr. Murphy. But dang, I, I I know I don't look like him though. Well, Christian don't look like Idris, so hey, listen, <laughs> Idris look like me. You feel me? That's that's how we break this down. <laughs> my man called out Idris. <laughs> Shout out to my guy. He literally just like skipped like every actor in between oh, and just went Idris man. Elba. Okay. I mean, look, you got to shoot for the stars, aim for the moon, right. like Pop Smoke said. R.I.P. Woo. <laughs> Moving on to the next thing on the timeline is a clip 
from the uninterrupted original series Throwing Bones. It showed up on my timeline, and it was Gary Payton telling Draymond Green, Chene Gumake, and YG how Cole. La- I done heard a lot of Larry Bird yeah, stories. You know what I'm talk, saying? Larry Bird, talk crazy about, talk. Yeah. Yo, crazy trash talker. And uh, Gary Payton said, Bird used to tell him, Look here, man, I'm going to go shoot this motherfucking jumper in your face right there in that corner, <laughs> and it's going to be your Christmas present, and I'm going to wrap it up and bust your head open. I mean, Golly. <laughs> Larry Bird, number one, you really got to have some type of game to talk like that. Right. And, and, and second, I mean, Ash, outside of Draymond Green, who's your best trash talker? Who's your favorite trash talker in the NBA right now? It's the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant. Oh, man. Mm. Listen, Kobe, and, and Kobe used to do it in a way that if you listen to stories, would make you like, did he just, nah, wait. Like he would mind, like he would totally just mind, get into your mind and Jedi mind trick you. Like he would just go in there and just say one thing and just have you thinking about that the entire game. I remember um, Carmelo told a story about the first time they ever played against each other. Um, mm. <laughs> Kobe goes up to him and and says something and Carmelo's like, it was about his hair, I think. And Car- and he touched him on the braids or he flicked him or something like that. Carmelo's like, <laughs> This man just flicked me. Like, he used to get into your mind and just be like, yo, like, are you for real? Like, yeah. I mean, this is the same guy who used to bet 50 grand on free throws. Like, this this mm. was a different type of trash talk. He didn't have to be right. loud. He didn't have to be, like, rough and tough. He would just get into your, like, your mental and just basically change the entire course of your game because you're thinking about what did he mean by that? No, but Crazy. what did he mean by that? Kobe was the type of guy who would like, you're so gassed to meet him. You shake his hand and he says one slick remark to you. And you're just like, did he just huh? diss me? Did he, <laughs> did he just? And then he would talk trash in different languages, he, right? Yeah. If you could speak his, didn't he do that to Luca at one point? He did that to Luca at one point. Luca turned yeah. around. Oh, he said, "Luca turned around and said, wait, what the hell?'" Like, yo, Kobe, <laughs> Kobe, Kobe was different. Rest in peace to the Black Mamba. Yeah, the game is not peace, the Cole. same without you in any capacity. You are forever missed. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about Kobe Facts. for one reason Absolutely. or another. I still got a jersey in my room. Yeah, it's just. Shout out to I the feel that. I mean, I know I don't feel it as much as his family feels it, but I feel that loss from a basketball, you know, perspective, just as a fan, someone who, yeah. he was the reason I fell in love with the game. I feel that loss every single day and we miss you, Kobe. Yeah. I miss Kobe so much, but yeah. we, we got we kind of got to move on from that. Lethal, I mean, in terms of trash talk, I mean, were, were you a trash talker when you played? For were sure. you the guy who's going to talk shit to your opponent? <laughs> or I always, opponent trying to talk I always shit waited till I had a lot of... I, I was one of those trash talkers <laughs> that's like, all right, shit, I just hit six threes down, I'm going to say something. I, I, <laughs> I never talked before because I was like, I felt like I was jinxing myself. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever heard someone say some completely out of line shit to somebody else and then it, it oh, just man. like broke up down? What's the craziest thing you heard? <laughs> I mean, I can't say it on the podcast, but yeah, I, I've heard. I've heard some crazy stuff. I mean, me and KD... In high school, I remember one time we played in Baltimore against um, Woodlawn, and the dude in the crowd was like, yo, y'all hit another jump shot, I'm going to fucking kill both of you. I'm like, God Oh, damn. nah. <laughs> yeah, bro, it was That's crazy. Like, it was crazy, but we was like, eat these. You know what I mean? So I heard, yeah. I heard Joel Embiid's a pretty good trash talker. Um, I heard yeah. Jimmy Butler's a great trash talker. Jimmy yeah. Butler's a menace. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. What about Dennis Rodman? Was that more talking or? No, nah, he would language? just annoy you like physically. Annoy. He would just okay, annoy okay. you physically. You know how okay. Lance Stevenson doesn't have to say anything, but just his presence yeah, he's annoys like, you're you. Annoying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like that. Carmelo's a good trash talker. It's that New York, yeah. Baltimore energy. He's a good trash. So you hear him, you hear him tell Malik Monk when he's subbing him, "You'll get your ass out the game, bro. If I'm in here now." Yeah, this I love trash talk. I love a guy who yeah. or anybody, woman too, who can just trash talk. It makes the game more fun. Don't trash talk if you're down 20. Yeah, yeah, That's don't the do one that. thing. Remember what nah. happened when, when someone dunked it on Kyrie and started yelling, and he was like, hey, y'all down 20, bro. Look at the scoreboard. Everybody started laughing. Don't, don't do it. You can't trash talk if you your team is about to lose. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. You know what they say. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you get buckets. Hey. That's right. <laughs> Josh, thanks that for that. Hey. Wasn't bad. that, that okay. You know what? That was actually cool. Like, if we this, can start doing more like that, I'll seem cool. I've, I've been seeming a little crazy with the other one. But look, this is growth. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the certified 
My certified bucket, I have to go with a guy that this summer I've seen it and I was blessed to train the guy this summer. And and it was, he was trying to figure out if he was going to get on the team. And he was just at one of those moments that it was like, look, I'm willing to train two, three, four times a day to work on my craft because I'm going to show everybody what it, what I want to do. And it's, it's Lance Stevenson, man. He's, mm. he's starting to show that he's, you know, he belongs. Shout and and the it's Coney the one thing. Legend. Freaking legend. It's the one thing that Jamal was telling us too in the podcast. Um, when we spoke to Jamal Crawford, uh, he was just saying we need to bring in more guys that played in the NBA back into the NBA. And Lance is one of those guys. There's no reason why Lance shouldn't be in the NBA. He can hold his own. He can, he he has so many years left. So I want to say keep up the great work. Continue to be hungry. He's one of those guys that's hungry. And most importantly, he's a guy that listens. And, it, and it's an honor to see a player of his stature to get back into the NBA doing what he loves and 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 having a great time doing it. You know, I was in Indiana when oh, uh, the Nets played the Pacers. And yeah. the first thing first, Lance Stevenson comes off the bench. As soon as he's walking towards the scorer's table, crowd goes crazy. He checks crazy. in, crowd explodes. Every time he touches the ball, crowd explodes. Right. And then he starts hitting shots. I mean, we didn't even get into it. He scored 20 straight points in the first quarter. He scored the Pacers' last 20 points. I mean, right. they were disrespectful. He's right. coming up court shooting threes over folks. He's uh, you know, stretching the ball out over someone's head. <laughs> the man over, was unconscious. Hitting the guitar. He's hitting the guitar. But <laughs> I ain't never seen. <laughs> I ain't never seen Lance Stevenson act like that. But now, to your point, we got. 200 players entered the health and safety protocols. Why isn't right. Jamal Crawford on the team? Where's right. Mike Beasley at? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there are guys that are free agents right now that have performed at the NBA at a high level. And right. uh, Lance Stevenson, I hope he's paving the way for some of these teams to start really, like, so. understanding that just because these guys are older doesn't mean that they can't make an impact. Um, one of the younger guys that was my certified bucket of the week, John Morant, is just like, you know, we had that conversation uh, not too long ago about where John Morant ranks in terms of Western Conference point guards. But I mean, not point guard, not even Western Conference, just point guards in the league altogether. And uh, I'm starting to come around on you guys. You know, Ja is just, he's getting better every week. You're seeing the growth right. in his game. He's hes making big time plays. He's a star, right. you know, and um, you can't deny it anymore, man. That guy. I agree. Ja yeah, Dame. that guy's playing. That guy's playing at an amazing level. Ja Dame, Chris. Oh my goodness! Don't make me. <laughs> Don't make me. <laughs> question. Dame ain't on the court right now, so I gotta oh, go with Ja. You know what I'm saying? We'll okay. we'll see what happens when Dame is back. Well, right. you know, John Morant was one of my picks, but I'm gonna let Christian have it because there's another mm. there's another young oh. guy there's another oh, young guy on my radar, and that's the 21 year old kid from Toronto, and that's R.J. Barrett. All right, R.J. Barrett, that game, that buzzer winning, or rather Tough. that game. Winning buzzer Tough. beater. There we go. Bank shot. Bank big shot. shot. Listen, you hear him hating? You hear him hating ass? Listen, you, let's you remind the folks what actually ass? happened. It was a bank shot. He didn't. He called glass. He called glass. Don't be a hater. Did he, did he, did he actually call, he call glass? glass? He called right now. He called glass. Call him. Call him. Glass. Call him. Listen. Call no glass. Not only that, but thirty-one points against the Spurs. And I say this all the time about RJ. A few things. One, like we say about John Morant, so young but so much talent and only getting better and. Consistently doing so. I think the thing that always surprises me or always, you know, is the best thing about RJ Barrett is the fact that he consistently gets better each and every season, but he does so in one of the toughest markets to play in. I mean, RJ's first season was terrible and you just see him just get better in so many different avenues of the game. And to be able to do that with the toughest market and the toughest fans just constantly looking at you, it's just a testament to somebody who's going to be so special. So strong-willed. He's strong-willed. The work that this guy puts in behind the scenes, he was doing three-a-days in the offseason. I mean, he is so dedicated to becoming better. But also, I mean... If you watch him throughout the course of a game, he's so he's so poised. And I think that's what's so impressive. At 21 years old, everything around him, whether it's the chaos on the court, the chaos in the stands, the deficit on the scoreboard, none of that affects him. He just keeps playing. He keeps pushing. And I, I love the fact that we have a player like that within the New York Knicks organization because I'm a firm believer that R.J. Barrett is going to be part of this franchise for a very long time. And if this is any indication of his trajectory as a player, he He's in for one hell of a career. Shout out to him. Keep getting better. Keep working. So young, but so much potential still left to tap into. It's it's great to see. The, 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 listen, overall, the NBA is in good hands, man. With these young guys, this new generation. Great hands. Really good hands. hands. It's about to be scary mm-hmm. times, scary hours for real for the next few years in the mm-hmm. NBA.
That is a wrap for this episode of Certified Buckets. How are you guys feeling? I feel, feel good. like I wish I was going to Antigua. What's up? Right. I'm trying. I feel I, I good. Need to pull, I'm trying to pull y'all up. Y'all getting money. I don't. I, I I see the watch too, Chris. I mean, I y'all. He, I, I, I need to do what y'all doing, about man. Y'all getting, getting money, money he's over training there. Movie stars. He's he's hey. he's signing. Uh, man, right? he's see. signing NBA's and right, to work bro. with some of your favorite rappers, your favorite athletes. Like, y'all do it. My man pulled up with a bus down. Watch on this. Chill, I saw your answer stories, uh, Chris. I was about to send them goons to the hotel. Lethal acts acting like he just wasn't in the gym with an Oscar winner. Like, come on. Yo. Lethal acting like he's not getting buckets underwater. Nah, man. I'm, a, I'm on to you, Chris. That robot trying to come for you. I saw him. That robot think it's lethal. <laughs> But it's not lethal, you know what I'm saying? The only lethal shooter is lethal shooter. But I got I got I got something for y'all. I told you I got something for y'all. And yeah, I'm gonna like, be releasing I'm gonna be releasing something in about two I'm weeks excited. for y'all. So y'all gonna see. Yeah. Okay. Well listen, yeah. if you wanna hear what he's nah, releasing in two yeah. weeks, maybe nah. he'll he'll drop a little another hint on the next episode. But you won't find out unless you do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. And don't forget to shoot your shot on social media at certified buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. But until next week, peace. We're out.